Welcome, welcome everybody. It's your pal Sig Neutron and boy do I got a special episode for you today. I got special guest and one of my favorite people on the planet, Rashad Santiago from season six of Face Off and also was on season seven too because he was with my uh, my finale partners. But um, yeah, I, man, anytime Rashad and I hang out, I, my face hurts so bad. And uh, this was a live interview I did on Twitch, so you can watch uh, in two places. You can watch uh, twitch.tv slash Signutron, or you can also watch on Facebook, Signutron Sleazy Universe, the Facebook page, because now I dual stream uh, between Facebook and Twitch. But, uh, well, here you go. Uh, Enjoy us talking, and uh, yeah, I'm probably going to have him back again because I, I don't know. I just love talking to Rashad, so enjoy, everybody. I'm Sig Neutron, and this is Sig Neutron Sputron. Sig Neutron Sputron. Sig Neutron Sleazy Sputron. What's up, everybody? If uh, if you can't tell, I'm trying something new today. Uh, I've been wanting to have Rashad on as a guest on um, a podcast for a while now, and I figured, hey, let's do it. Uh, why not do it live? So, welcome to the show, Rashad. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, dude, every, my face is already hurting because every time we hang out or talk, it's like just perma-smile and my cheeks can't handle it. <laughs> See? Already, which is, which is going to be an hour and a half of me and you laughing. <laughs> Oh, so uh, doing this live, uh, I'm kind of feeling it out, but here I think we'll do we'll do a section at the end where you guys can ask questions. Uh, while we go through it, you can chime in, and I'll like peek at things that you guys say and pop them up. But uh, at the end, we'll do like a, a whole segment uh, to answer you guys' questions. So uh, what I like to do on the show is I like to start at the beginning, and I'm actually really excited to hear this uh, because. I like to get that, like all of my friends and artists and weirdos, like, I like to know what they were like as a kid. So tell us what tiny baby Rashad was like. Well, wherever you feel like is pertinent to start. Awesome. Take us on a journey. Oh, wait. Oh, hang on. Hang on. Oh, shit. We can, nobody can hear you? How is nobody here? Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Hold up. Yeah, because I. Whew. Okay, say something. Laba daba ding dong. Yeah, wow, damn. Okay. Thanks, guys. Man, that would have been a nightmare. Okay, now we got to kind of do like a restart because I had you muted. Holy shit. Okay, let's restart. Welcome to the show, Rashad. Thank you for having me. And then, uh, so that's just, um, everybody can hear Rashad now, right? <laughs> okay, yeah, there it is. All right, so um, let's just imagine you said, thanks for having me. It's great to be here and uh, all that jazz. <laughs> um, so... Uh, take us back on that journey again uh, with uh, the story of Rashad. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so my story starts from a very young age. Um, I don't remember doing this, but uh, according to my mother, I would um, take, I don't know how I would take the screws out of the back of the toy and just to get to the batteries, just so I can chew on them. I don't know what <laughs> I don't, know, I don't know what that did for me. That's probably why my hair is the way it is. I feel like that explains a lot somehow. I'm not sure how, but. 
It does. I think that's why I, I just have all the energy that I do. I've been chewing on Duracells since I... <laughs> Which is very dangerous because had any of those exploded, I would have serious like battery acid burns. But she said she would move the crib and there would be like a mountain of batteries back there. <laughs> do, do, you, it's, do you remember this at all? Was there any? Not like, at all. No. Wow. Um, I don't remember it at all. It's. Uh, I think I was too young. I, um, I think my theory on this. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, I think that's where the, the ADHD came from ah. was, you know, I was hyper, you know, and I, I couldn't focus on one thing for too long. Um, and that's where my love and my passion for art came from, because that was the one thing that kept my focus. Chewing on batteries, right? I, well, no. Art. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so I, here's my theory on that, because now I believe in... Uh, and reincarnation and things. So I'm thinking, and it's how you time travel is by reincarnating to bodies. So I think that you came from the future and you're like, I got, I got, I need power. I need power to save the world. I don't know why I need these batteries, but I got to chew on them. I I, see my, my future brain knew what it needed, but the baby in me was just trying to play with the toys. Yeah, but the you, future, you wouldn't let them. When you time travel, it wipes your memory temporarily until you live enough to, to remember. Oh, my God. Chewing on batteries was the way to do it. You just see little Rashad, like, standing up like in Terminator, all naked, just... Duh, 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 duh. <laughs> I need Duracells. <laughs> so, all right. So, you had uh, ADD, ADHD... Um, I, I should look up the difference between those, but uh, and art kept your interest. So you were into art right off the bat from his kid. Can you remember when you first got into it, or what you what you like to do? Um, anything that involved like crayons or cutting, you know, gluing things to paper. I would make little dinosaurs, or I would take little pieces of aluminum foil and turn them into little figures and play with them. And that's how it started. It was from that early. From like I remember being in daycare doing that kind of stuff and that was all i wanted to do was art they if they couldn't get me to focus they could sit me down with some crayons and i wouldn't move from that spot for hours so nice did you did you like action figures as a kid um when i got a little older yeah i i loved action figures that was you know i don't know how it was for you but for for me and i know most of my friends it was like making movies that was like making movies with your little action figures <laughs> setting them up and little explosions and making little cardboard buildings and things like that. I, I did the whole, the whole works. Yeah. Whole that, works. Dude, that was me. Like I, I was all about, uh, like setting, I had these crazy epic storylines that would play out. <laughs> and like, for some reason, like the, the most important thing for when I was like perusing action figures for me as a kid, they had to be making a fist because they had to be able to throw a punch. <laughs> if there was any other hand that wasn't a fist, I was like, nah, I can't get that one. I need I need these guys to be throwing punches. For some reason, that was like the deal breaker for me. <laughs> this is one time I was like so into production value that I had like it was the most epic finale scene at the castle top. And uh, I actually had my brother coming in like gleek onto the scene to, for like rain because like, I needed like I was like, this scene calls for rain. Jeremy. Get in here and gleek on the scene. It's like so gross, but it's like I was that committed to fucking production value in my stories. That's hilarious. My my stories always 
started off with peop- nothing but people, but then some giant animal or dinosaur would show up at the end and, and kill and eat everybody. <laughs> That's how movies ended for some, some a giant alligator, a giant shark. Just some, out of they could have been nowhere near water, but a giant <laughs> shark showed up and was levitating around and eating everybody. <laughs> oh yeah. So all right, so you dug the art. Do you remember? Um, was there any particular like figures or themes that you'd like to do in your young art? Um, it was mainly dinosaurs, and Godzilla was probably. I think uh, the most there may be some Ninja Turtles got in there somewhere uh, because they weren't exactly humans. Um, they were humanoid, but mm-hmm. they were still like in the monster world in, in my head. Um, but uh, mainly just Godzilla dinosaurs and anything that wasn't human was my, my go-to. Um, <laughs> my mom sent me a picture not too long ago. I don't know when I drew this, but it was a picture of a house and, uh, a tree, and then for whatever reason, there's a whale like breaching right. <laughs> there's, no, there's, there's no water. Just, in my mind, I guess that was the perfect house. Just having a whale breaching <laughs> right outside your window. So I'm guessing that you're a huge fan of the cartoon show Street Sharks. Oh yeah. Oh man. <laughs> they didn't need no fucking water. Must, oh man, they didn't need any water. Just which. Now that you think of that, it's funny. Now that I think back to that, you know, it's like, how exactly did that work? Like, how do they, they're destroying so much property. Like, how are they not getting in trouble? Like, <laughs> they're I mean, causing so much damage to the city. <laughs> I mean, well, let's be realistic. If you saw a fucking shark man in denim and cowboy boots tearing up your streets, would you want to be the guy that's like, yo, shark dude, you, you need to chill on the fucking streets here. I know you're a street shark and shit, but <laughs> I would no go nowhere near those things, man. No way. Uh-uh. It's, it's, it's only a matter of time before that reaches like live action, you know, because they're already talking about doing the gargoyle script. They're talking that. about doing that. Oh, yeah, which I would love to see. And I think they're going to get Keith David to do the voice of Goliath, which nice. is going to be awesome. Um, is it going to be like practical I'm, effects or some CG nightmare? I don't know. That's why that's why I'm always on the fence. Like a movie like that, you would have to find like a happy medium. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I really don't mind them doing uh, 50-50. Yeah. Oh, one second. No worries. Um, if they find a happy the the way they did Jurassic Park was perfect because you had 50% of the practical dinosaurs and 50% CG and then they married the two but for whatever reason they are whatever reason they are not they're not getting that with new movies now it's just they just dump a bunch of CGI into it yeah. And it looks like you're watching a video game. Like so the, the cats, like I, you know, I think I think cats might be a, an interesting turning point, like a win for practical effects, because mm-hmm. it flopped so hard that I think <laughs> a lot of studios are going to be like, man, uh, you remember cats? Okay, yep. Uh, <laughs> let's call the effects guys, the practical effects guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm with you. Like I think right now is like a best is a mix of uh, CG and practice, because there's some things you just can't do. 
um, in practically. Um, and there's nothing wrong with like a mix of the two, but it's, you know, always, if you could do it practically, I, you know, me and you are definitely going to push for that. Oh yeah. But is it, I think all, all the time, I think that, uh, slowly studios are getting that, you know, that people no. want to see real things. It's also better for the actors too, because there's like something real for them to, you know, react to it. Yeah. You put them in a green room and you tell them that there's something there. There's only so far that the imagination can go. They, I feel like actors are already using about 90 to 95% of their imagination by becoming a different person and believing that they are becoming a different person. And now you're asking them to use that last 5% to pretend that they're seeing a dinosaur is just mm-hmm. not going to So, yeah. Yeah, it's tough being an actor. Like, if you think about it, it's funny because, like, watch any movie and then just, like, realize that all of those people, like, super serious fight scenes and all this, like, all the badass characters and stuff, it's just a dude acting like a badass. (laughs) Not actually a badass. If you go into any movie and think that, it just all falls apart for you because (laughs) now you're like, you're not really a cop. What are they? What are you doing? You're pretending. But, then, but but again, that's like the beauty of it. When you can go into a movie, and you know, or everybody you're looking at is an actor. But when you start to believe, when they can make you believe, and I think that's the hardest part now with filmmaking is trying to make the audience believe again because it's it's really hard in our day and age. We're in 2020. I didn't I did not think of this year at all. 2020 was never a year that I thought of, but we are here and there are so much technological advances, especially in cinema that it's just now they don't even need the actor. Now they could just CG somebody looking just like somebody. And yep. I'm like, why do we even need people anymore? They're just <laughs> it's going to become obsolete. <laughs> I just, Oh man. When the days that robots start making movies, like woof, it's going to be rough. <laughs> hey, you took my car. his performance was just so enthralled i believed it man i really believed it It so did you see the way that that robot broke down it was so good um um, so bella roche says what are the best monsters you guys have seen in the past two or so years you got any favorite (laughs) monsters lately yes so i don't know if this is in the two or so years uh let's just say recently the creature from uh, uh, Rich, the Ritual. Oh yeah, did you yeah, see yeah. the Ritual? Yeah, definitely. Which highly recommend that. that. It's on Netflix if you guys haven't seen it. Yes, that was probably one of the most original things that I have ever seen, um, and really got like my juices going. I was like, oh man, I like that. That's yeah. that's different. I would have never thought to make something like that using those proportions, mm-hmm. but uh, it was really well done. Um, what else? Um, I guess the creatures from a quiet place. Um, only because, I mean, as far as like body design goes, I feel like we get that a lot, you know, the elongated arms and the double jointed of the wrist, but the face and the way the head like came apart to make like what it used to like listen that was like unique to me i thought that was pretty cool mm-hmm. um but i don't know i can't think of anything else oh and that that weird shark man from that new movie uh sweetheart did you see that no. on netflix um, it so it's uh neville designed it oh cool 
uh, yeah, it's some weird like Sharkman hybrid thing. It's pretty cool. Nice. Um, but other than that, I think everything else has just been like a, I don't want to say a copy and paste, but it's it's similar to something that we've seen before. Yeah. Basically. Well, I mean the the issue with movies and movie magic is that the more we develop and the more movies that get made the more things that have been seen so it gets harder and harder to do something that people haven't seen before especially when everybody knows how you've done it like you know everybody knows it's like back in the day man star wars or the thing or it was like holy shit this is something how the fuck did they do that nobody ever looks at the screen and goes how the fuck did they do that anymore you know i think the last movie that made me say that was uh, mad max fury road and it was it was like all the stunts and just how they shot the whole film it was like how the fuck did they do that? Oh yeah, like, that was, that was... I feel like well that that's the thing as I I don't think that question comes up anymore when it pertains to well especially us being in the industry you know we this is the stuff we do you know we we've gotten the insider. a guide of how they do these things. So a lot of times when we're looking at these effects, we're like, Oh, I know how they did that. And you know, we're, we're replaying how we would do these things in our head. But a lot of times with like the stunts or like the fight choreography, that stuff always blows my mind. Like Mm -hmm. how these guys are able to move as fast as they do in these fights with these kicks and punches without actually hitting each other and really hurting each other. It's, Mm -hmm. it blows my mind every time yeah the, the, oh man i forget there's a couple of the tony ya films like the protector when they do that all in one shot oh like, yeah there are like insane amounts of stunts happening all in one shot and it's like yeah. man that is like yeah like, <laughs> i'll just do the sound effects for you <laughs> we're on that one <laughs> um so have all you right. seen well go ahead have you seen the raid Yes, loved it. And Raid Redemption? Also loved that one too. Amazing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So good. They, those, it's, I just ask how every time, every time I see it, it I makes me like. never necessarily terrified of someone attacking me with a knife until I watched the knife fight in the Raid. And it was just like, yep. oh my gosh, it's so visceral, so brutal. It's like, oh, that, yeah. If someone was attacking me with a knife, yeah, that's really scary. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't want to, I, the first cut would have made me surrender. Right? <laughs> I was like, how? <laughs> now I just, honestly, like, I would be more apt to uh, give up my wallet to a guy with a knife than a gun. <laughs> <laughs> like, just don't, don't cut me. Yeah, just don't cut me, man. Like, okay. All right, dude. Take it. Oh, man. So we go That's from I mean. we got uh, now what was like high school Rashad like? Well, <clears throat> high school Rashad was I think right around this time I was really big on I've always been big on Godzilla, but mm-hmm. this is when I started actually making things um, like full suits. Uh, this is my this is when I was like probably at the height of my fabrication years. Um, I was making whole creature suits with just like upholstery foam and hot glue. Um, uh, And then I was as ambitious as to think that I was going to do a Godzilla movie. So in my bedroom, I had a piece of wood that was about eight foot long by, I want to say eight by four. (laughs) Excuse me. And then I built 
a whole miniature Tokyo on that eight by four board. <clears throat> and I had little street lights and I had little cars and little billboards and a bunch of little other things um, that were uh, there. And I bought like these little Godzilla figures that I was going to do. St- it was going to be stop motion. Uh-huh. Some nice. stop motion. I made like some puppets um, that were actually going to function the way they did in the movies. Um, and I made like these little miniature sets of like this, this, um, this hanger that had these ships in it and with these, I used Christmas lights for all the actual light, like the lights in this place. It was, it was pretty cool. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, but I never got around to doing it because I was like, oh, this is going to take way too long. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, I, I'm not built for stop motion. Um, <laughs> so that kind of just like fell apart. But I was, yeah, I was really big on fabricating uh, in high school. I don't think I didn't start sculpting until I want to say 2007 is when I actually bought like my first block of like air dry clay and i was like let me try to make some small figures so that's when i actually started sculpting for the first time nice yeah so after high school what uh where do you go what do you do after high school i went down to florida because i couldn't i didn't know that there were any i didn't I didn't know what I want, what the name of what I wanted to do was called. I think at that time mm-hmm. I knew that I liked making monsters and, you know, I saw them in movies, but I didn't know what the actual job title was. And so I couldn't find, year? this was 2000 and I graduated high school in 2006. So like the summertime of 2006 is okay. when I was like looking for, uh, schools. Cause I didn't want to go to college. I was like, I don't want to go to college. I was done. 12 years of school was enough for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's it. I'm done. I, I don't want no more homework. I don't want yeah. none of that. Uh, but my mom was like, listen, if you just take a look at some of the schools and see what you want. Um, I couldn't find anything for what I wanted to do. And the closest thing that I figured would just get my foot in the door was a uh, full sale, which was a college down in Florida. Okay. And they had a, computer animation program that had like some art it had it was like infused with some actual hands-on art so i was like ah that's close enough i'll try that so i went down to florida the summer i think it was like august uh 2006 and then uh i that's when i was like i was like well i'll try this school thing and i'll see if it works and when we started the school they had like the introduction to the program that i was taking but the majority of of it was 2D. I guess they were trying to get people's heads wrapped around the way things work uh, two-dimensionally. Two and then we went into like some sculpting three-dimensionally and then we took it into the computer. Um, and I was like, this is not what I want to do. I was like sitting in class and I was like watching everybody. Like they taught us Photoshop, which I'm very happy that they did because I got to pick up some things. But I was like, this is not what I want to do. I was like, I don't want to be stuck behind a desk. I was like, I want to get my hands in the muck. I want to be touching the thing and painting the thing. So mm-hmm. I signed myself out of school. I came back home and uh, I just started making things and hoping that it would lead somewhere. Um, uh, and then, yeah. 
how was that uh, that decision so that's that's a pretty and then a lot of what i do with this podcast is like i try to encourage people to like follow their path and follow their dreams and stuff and man was like that must have taken a lot of uh courage to just take yourself out of school like how how were you what was going through your mind i I just wasn't i wasn't happy like i was like this is i saw the joy that people who actually wanted to be there had Mm -hmm. and i didn't have that i didn't have that joy and that's kind of where what kind of drove me from then on like even after that Mm -hmm. uh you know i came back home and i you know i realized that i had to work so i started getting jobs and even working at these odd and end jobs i was i worked at yankee stadium i worked at a warehouse i worked at cvs i worked a bunch of places that just at the end of the day i was like i don't want to be here this is not i don't want to be working for somebody else to make somebody else's dream come true you know mm-hmm. i was like what i want to be doing is making monsters and doing makeups and doing these things and sculpting and like everything that came with what I want to do. And, um, I just basically had to work in order to make money to supply what I wanted to do. That was kind of what it was. And, uh, I was doing that for a while. Um, and then it wasn't until about season four of face off that, uh, what I did for season four was I sat down with a sketchbook and whenever they would get a challenge, I would sketch out my concept for whatever that challenge was going to be. And then I would hit some clay. I pulled out some clay and I would start sculpting on this face form that I had. Um, and I started doing that for a couple of the challenges. And I was like, I think I, I can do this. I was like, I don't understand why I wouldn't be able to do this. And I had already felt like I think I had already practiced enough of what they were doing. The only thing I wasn't doing was like, applying the actual prosthetics Mm -hmm. um and then uh i saw on facebook they were like we're auditioning for season five of face off and i was like well i'm gonna send in my audition so i did like everybody all of us did i recorded a video i sculpted a character i glued it to my face and then i sent them that video and uh they were like hey we like your stuff um we're gonna consider you for season five we'll we'll be in touch then, you know, there were some emails sent back and forth and then they sent me an email and they were like, hey, uh, we already got season five cast up. We'd like you more for season six. So we'll be in touch. And I was like, ah, I was like, well, this is not happening. And at the time I wasn't working. So I was like, well, I got to get a job. So then I started working at White Castle, which was like the last of it was that. And then if that didn't work, I was going to go to the Air Force. The Air Force was my last stop. Um and while I was working at White Castle, I got the call from John, uh, and but I had missed the call. So I went over to my uh, supervisor and I was like, hey, I was like, I got this work call. I was like, it's really important. I was like, I need to call them back. So she let me go outside and call and I called and John was like, hey, man, he's like, congratulations. You made it on season six. You know, I had the little <laughs> tears. I shed a tear. I wanted to go back inside and throw my robe and be like, I quit. <laughs> but you know i went back inside and i told my supervisor i was like hey i was like i'm just gonna have to put in my two weeks notice now because i just got a really important work phone call and i've got to take this so that's how i got on face so nice well speaking of face uh, off uh tyler green joined the chat on facebook he said gosh rashad talks way too much (laughs) 
Tyler, if you're That's still there, up. you got um, if you, I'm gonna hit you up because I'd like to have you on the show too. Uh, just talking about you know your life and well, Rashad says no, so I guess never mind, never mind. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we get into face off, I want to like wrap up a few points. There is that I think it's important for people to because sometimes if people go down a path. They feel like they get mm. stuck down there, even though their dreams and their heart is telling them to go somewhere else. And it's important for people not to feel stuck because part of following your path and trying to figure it out is experimentation. You have to try things because mm. anything that you try, you're going to learn something and you're going to take that knowledge with you to the next point to where you finally follow your dreams and your goals. So never feel like you're stuck somewhere because, you know, like Rashad said, he was trying so many different jobs and he didn't think that, you know, the face-off thing was going to pan out. But he just knew in his heart that it, he wanted to be doing something that made him happy. And that we all got to hold true to mm -hmm. that, like do what makes you happy because that's where you're going to find your purpose. Yep. So, and that is the most fulfilling thing that you can do. I think in life is to know that you're waking up and you're going to this place that you actually want to go to and you're doing this stuff that you actually want to do There's, I don't think there's anything better than that. So how do, what's your tips on like, uh, helping to keep people like positive and because it's tough, like sometimes you feel like you're, you're just not what you're trying to do is just not panning out. What, what would you what's your advice to give people to, like, keep following their dreams? Um, I would simply simply put is to just keep at it. Don't stop. Keep at it. I've moved around from place to place uh, when we didn't have uh, a home of our own. And I've made messes in people's kitchens and rooms because I still wanted, I still had that passion and that drive. And, you know, a lot of people, I hate when people say, oh, I used to do this or I used to do that, but then I stopped. You know, if you've got five, 10 minutes out of a day, you can sketch, you can keep drawing, you can keep sculpting, you know, and we live in a techno, a very technologically advanced error where there's everything available. They've got sculpting apps and drawing apps for the phone for tablets. So you can always stay busy. You can always stay doing something and just don't stop. Yeah. Don't stop and get enough. Michael Jackson said it best. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> man, uh, man, why does quoting Michael Jackson feel so wrong now? <laughs> we won't go down that road, but, uh, man, um, yeah, no, I can't, I can't agree more. You gotta, you gotta just keep going. And, uh, and know that things are going to work out for you because you're meant to do what makes you happy. That's that's the that's the spell that we got to break from the minds of people. That that's how society has been controlled is because our society is to set up to make you feel like you got to be this worker drone that all you're good for is just a cog in the machine and no creativity. Like they live, man. It's seriously like I think they live is the most important film made in our time era. Where have you seen they live? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's all like you put on the glasses and you see just consume just uh, money is your God. You know, yep. don't trust humanity. Embrace apathy. All of these messages is what society is trying to tell you. But what we're yep. here to do is like what I do, like I anything I do is like I'm trying to inspire people to do that themselves. Because the thing that I hate when I hear is like, man, I wish I could do that. And it's like, you can. You can. You absolutely can. <laughs> you know? It's like. It's, I think Bob Ross quoted, it's like, uh, you oh, know, yeah. a talent is a uh, pursued interest. So if you want to do mm -hmm. something, you just have to spend your time doing it, you know? Yeah. And people need to know that 
it is going to take some time. Like yep. it's it's not gonna happen overnight. And I know we live in an era where that is possible. You know, you can order something online and get it the next day, or you can order food and get it quick. Like everything is quick. So I know a lot of people they kind of give up on these uh careers and these because you can't do it quick and or they feel like they've been doing it for a while but a while has only been like a year or six months and they're like well i can't really get it it's not happening for me it's gonna take a lot longer than that like i've been doing this since again since i was a kid Mm -hmm. you know that's where my love and my passion started and it's just now i'm 31 years old it's just now i'm getting to the place that i want to be so it's going to take some time but if you love it and you want to do it It's going to happen. Yep. And I think if people feel lost, um, you know, again, like I believe in reincarnation. I think we know a lot more than we think we do when we're kids. So if you're lost Mm -hmm. and you're having trouble figuring out what your passion is or what you want to do with your life, what did you want to do when you were a kid? What was that thing that would make you happy? And and follow that and then reconnect with that because as kids, like that's that's where you find your passion, your drive. It's like before the world has beat the imagination out of you. (laughs) (laughs) We're not talking about like, oh, I wanted to be a cop or I wanted to be an astronaut. What is the thing that you did or could do every day as a kid and not get bored of it? Yeah. You just wake up and that's how I that's that's I've had this I've gone to like different colleges and I've spoken with the students and that's like the one thing that I always either end with or I make sure that I say is what is the one thing that you wake up in the morning and you can do and you won't get tired of it. You can wake up every day and do it. It's like that meal. It's like your favorite meal. The one meal you can eat for the rest of your life and not get tired of it. That's how what your life career or what your working goal is. That's what it's like. Yeah. You know, and you have to want it as bad as you want to breathe and as bad as you want to eat. Yep. And maybe it wasn't, maybe it wasn't something that you do every day. Maybe it was something that you're really interested in. Like, I don't like a topic, mm-hmm. like, was it dinosaurs? Was it this? Oh, yeah. Like, how can you turn that into a career? Like, how can that, how can you sustain yourself from that? And then just make a plan oh, yeah. and start working towards that. And the universe, yep. like that, they say fortune favors the bold. And it's because if you are putting your mind into making something happen, you subconsciously yeah. gravitate things to you and the right people places and events start to gravitate towards you because your passion is so strong you have to project that passion and then the right things will find you yeah i'm a i'm big believer in like energies and it was nothing that i it, it wasn't something that i believed in before but it wasn't until i started paying attention to my life and where it went and what mindset i had at that period of time and what energy i was putting out at that period of time and basically the law of attraction is real like basically what energies you put out there that's what you're getting back so if you tell yourself and you're saying every day this is not gonna happen for me or i'm not gonna do this or whatever the case may be it's it's like somebody who's waking up in the morning and they already have in their mind that they're going to be late to whatever this thing is. And they just keep saying it and they just keep dwelling on it. And eventually what happens, they're late to that thing because mm-hmm. that's the mindset that they woke up with. So it's, you gotta, you gotta make sure that your energy and what you, your thoughts become things. I believe in that too. Absolutely. So you got to work on all those energies and focusing them in the right place. And you have to look at every situation, uh, 
from like multiple perspectives because you could look at anything that happens to you and you could take something positive away from it or you could take something negative away from it. Say you didn't oh, yeah. get that job. You could be like, well, maybe that wasn't the job I was supposed to get because something better is coming along. Or you could be like, yep. well, I didn't fucking get that job and now just fuck it all then, you know? <laughs> like, it's just like that's it's the same situation that happened to you, but you could look at it completely two different ways. So this this new age spiritual movement i was just posting about this today is that it's all about like love and light and positivity but mm. see that's the end goal of something that takes a lot of work like my only mm -hmm. problem with the new age spiritual movement is that they say you know positive vibes only or love and it's like yes that's your end goal but also here's the way to do it and it takes a lot of introspection it takes a lot of facing your demons it takes a lot of facing uh -huh. your fears and it takes a lot of like encouraging yourself to overcome that before you can emit positivity all the time yeah because yep. and if you're just saying like oh positive all the time bro then it's like that even turns i the the idea of positivity becomes toxic to some people is because it does you know you have to you have to understand that being positive all the time is work it's not yeah it's not a uh it's not a just hey man flip your flip your mood around you know that's the idea you can do this we do have control of our emotions and it, the more that you work like i've been meditating and stuff the more you uh meditate and get in tune with your mind the the mm. more you can flip that switch like an emotion you know yeah that's awesome yeah um so all right so you go uh you're okay so my first day of face off was a fucking shit show nightmare of like <laughs> i was scared shitless and so was everybody else so tell us what your first day of face off was like like the actual first day of filming yeah well so the well the so, lead i feel like the lead up into it is did they like have you secluded and all this stuff before you started yeah, give it, take us yes. through that because this is this is where it's like it's almost like you're in fucking prison or something. It's it's very strange. It 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 was a little because you couldn't say anything. The only people you could talk to were the people who were part of the crew, basically working for uh, the show, and we couldn't say anything to our fellow contestants because they wanted our reactions to be genuine when we met each other on camera for the first time. So we were all like just kind of standing around and like looking at each other. And I know to some degree in the back of all of our minds, we're like, that's our competition. huh? <laughs> okay. That's okay. You look like you've been doing this for a really long. You look like you just got started. So I'm not worried about you. Uh, <laughs> and then they, they like only refer to us by our initials too, which is, yeah, makes it even more best. awkward. It's like, what are we doing? Are you guys taking our souls? Are we like? <laughs> so my first day, they packed us all into the van because we're about ready to go to set. Oh, yeah. And uh, again, nobody could talk to anybody. We're all nervous as shit. And then the, the something was holding up. So they're like, okay, does anybody want to smoke? And everybody's like, oh, we all just like jump out. And we're all just like. <sighs> just like sucking down cigarettes and like freaking out, man. And like, yeah, sizing everybody up. It's like. Uh -huh. Yeah, I, it's so funny. I saw George, and I was like, the, he he saw me, and he's like, uh, this fucking douchebag with this creature hat on, and I'm looking at him, I'm like this fucking douchebag in his mohawk. Uh, it's, like, it's like these like subconscious little like size up that's going on, and then we become like best friends on the show. Oh, oh yeah, that's but, uh, it, I, go ahead. We 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 found a way to conversate without conversating with each other. Is we. <laughs> 
we had i think we had scott did you guys still have scott no i don't think so oh well he was like <laughs> you know he you guys can't talk to each other the, the rundown so we all started talking with him but we're all having it was kind of like a conversation with each other, but uh-huh. we were like all talking with. Yeah. So we were using to 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 to, comp, to converse with each other. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, which it goes against like every social norm that you could possibly imagine. It's just like it, mm-hmm. it's very strange. So did very, they very- did they let you like uh, when you walked into the reveal? Uh, like when was it that they let you actually like talk to each other? So some of our first interactions were, um, they, I don't know. We're in like that shopping mall mm-hmm. and, uh, they sent one person to go first and then they would stop. And then like three more, one more, two, three, until we got like four of us. And then they moved us from there into another room. And then they did some other introductions and then right when we're all in that room, we're, since we were already introduced to one another, then they didn't mind us talking because we had already spoken to each other. So did, did they let did they give you like a minute to be like, hey, what's up? How's it going? Nice to meet you kind of thing. Kind of. Uh, they gave us a couple of minutes like we were actually there kind of talking and conversing for a little bit before they actually brought out Mackenzie for the first time. Ah. See, they, they just sent us into the fucking church and then we stand there uh-huh. and then Mackenzie's like. We still couldn't talk to each other. The cameras are rolling. Uh-huh. And then McKinsey's like, none of you are actually on the show yet. <laughs> like We're like, wait, what? Wow. And then they're like, this is going to be a challenge to see who even makes it to the show. And then they're like, ready, go. And then they like, we had no time to talk to each other, no nothing. And we're all running around like freaking the fuck out. And then like, still like, I have this like weird thing in my mind. Like, am I, can I even talk to these people right now? Like, <laughs> it, was just, it was like, so I'm like sweating. And it was just, it was like, whew, that was one of like the toughest, uh, like the anxiety was off the charts, man. <laughs> I can imagine. Like you think in, in my head, I would have been like, "Yes, I made it." And then <laughs> you, that's the first thing that comes out of her mouth. It's literally, what she fish. said verbatim. <laughs> and then, and then she's all making a drag. He's like, "This season, it's all about life or death, motherfuckers." <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh shit, okay. And then the, after Wait. the first episode, they just dropped that whole theme. <laughs> that's hilarious! Oh my goodness. Said you try my patience. <laughs> so going through your season, um, how yes. was it? What was your experience? What did you what'd you like? What'd you hate? The crazy thing is that I don't think there was only two times that I was actually nervous was for it was literally no, excuse me. Um I want to say three times. The very first challenge, I was nervous for about five minutes when we finished because I felt like I did so much running around and trying to get stuff together and I didn't know how to feel about our character. I was happy that we got a cohesive character, but... What challenge was this? This was the Beauty and the Beast. This is our first challenge. Okay, gotcha. Did you have to do two makeups or something? No, it was just one. Oh, right, okay. Uh, We had to do... uh, basically a beast they gave us a beauty we had to make right. a beast they gave us like a picture of what the castle looked like gotcha and I think the the way you look at your makeup versus the way everybody else does is two different things like 
I remember looking at my makeup after every challenge and thinking in my head, like, did I do enough? Like, was this going to be enough? Mm -hmm. But I was never nervous saying that. I was nervous the first challenge. Then I was nervous the challenge where I almost went home when I was on the bottom with Corinne, which was the mad scientist challenge. Mm -hmm. And then I was nervous again for the finale. I think the finale was the most nervous I've ever been. Like that's the loudest you ever hear your heart. I oh, think dude, yeah. I think that's the loudest I've ever heard. I'm right. There and then you. I couldn't even look at Glenn because they did that thing. As I tell people all the time, you guys got the break for the commercial. They did the same thing to us. Yep. They, it was they the longest stayed. fucking pause in the history of pauses. <laughs> <laughs> like I could see on, on season seven, I could see the teleprompter and it's like, and Glenn, and then it's a, and Glenn says the winner of face off is, and then it yeah. has these giant, like pause in parentheses. And yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> and yeah, all you hear is like, boom, 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 boom. For us, he did it. He did it twice. Oh, really? Because yeah, I don't know if they had to, readjust or have him say it a different way but he did the whole like i could see the teleprompter too the winner face off is three dots pause and he did the thing where he's like <laughs> that's the thing that is the exact thing and, and he's looking he's like making eye contact with everybody i know and I just, oh i know i couldn't i couldn't look at him i looked down i couldn't look at him because it was too much it was way too much for me. Was, yeah. And then he did it again. You know, he spoke to his earpiece. He was like, all right. Okay. <laughs> and the winner of Face Off is. And then it's like, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> boom. A long pause. I was like, ah, I'm going home. And I'm going to cry like a little bitch. <laughs> I, I don't even And when he said, when he said my name, I... I just couldn't. I felt like my soul left and came right back in, like instantly, because I had already pegged myself from winning. And like I said, when you see your own makeups versus everybody else's, in my head, my makeups weren't like to par with theirs. And the only, the only time when I felt like it was was only in the coloration. Like I felt like the coloration that we did on our finale makeups were in stark contrast to what the other teams did. So I was like, well, maybe, but I was like, this is the one side of our, our female, her face is all jacked up. And I was like, they're not going to let that slide. They're going to be like, get out of here, kid. So thinking all that, having all that going in your head. And I dropped flex foam on my arm. Oh, no. uh, it like burned my arm and it was like stuck there for a while. Oh, no. and yeah, it was, it was great. I, <laughs> When you think back on Face Off, it when you were there, it seemed like it was forever. But now that we're in this side, it's it just seemed like it went by so quickly. Like yeah. we didn't really. I, I was telling people like we we had down days, like we had days where we weren't working and we were just kind of hanging out in the cast house. But I was like, even on our down days, we're talking about what we're gonna do for our makeup or how how we're gonna fix that thing that we messed up last challenge or you know glenn told me to watch my uh fabrication versus prosthetic like they know i'm a fabricator but this is really about makeup so yeah. I, how am i like you're always thinking about what the next challenge is and how you're going to do so even though we did have downtime there wasn't really any downtime so 
Yeah. Yeah. Face, face off was definitely a roller coaster of, uh, of awesomeness. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, yeah. It was like a, is a, a dualistic nightmare and, and dream come true. <laughs> um, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I had to go through that twice too. <laughs> the finale. Twice. Oh my God. Like I, the first, the first time season seven, which you were there, which is, was awesome. Um, I was standing there and <laughs> Glenn said, announced the winner was Dina. And like, Oh my God. Like, and then these pyro hits go off, but like one of them didn't go off. So um. then, they had us like reset to do it again. So I had to yep. look like I wasn't about to cry and shit my pants and <laughs> crawl into a ball on the stage and then act surprised again when Dina won. And uh, then the pyro hit didn't go off again. And then they were going to do it a third time. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my, I haven't seen my mom in six years. They flew her out there to see me just like fail on the stage. And I'm just, all of this is going through my head and I have to like relive this like two more times. And I'm like, man, I just want to get off this fucking stage and go home and like cry. <laughs> it's just like, oh, yeah. it's rough. But um, man, seeing you, like when they surprised us with you guys, cause I was a big fan of the show before I went on the show and you like, you were my favorite. And I was yeah. just like, Stand there. I was like, "Oh my god, please pair me with a shot. Please pair me with a shot. Please, 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 please." please. <laughs> and then, and then we got paired up, and it was, it was awesome. And dude, we had like so much fun. We immediately just like hit it off. And like I said, like my, again, my cheeks are starting to hurt already because I it's just like it's nothing but smiles when we hang out, and I love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the one thing that I think about all the time from that I take from that was when it was me, you, and Race sitting in a pitch black room, uh, making up different endings to the Folgers commercial theme song. And (laughs) (laughs) And I think Race was so tired, he just wanted to go to bed, but we just kept the song going. And it was his turn to come up with that last part. And uh, I was like, the best part of waking up. And we stayed quiet for a while, and he was like, a scooby dooby dog. Is he, like, for those those few at home, you, you don't understand, like, we're having, like, this is like three months of seclusion. Cabin fever has set in at this point. And to the point where we have no phones, we have no TV. We just have, let's rewrite the slogans of fucking TV shows. <laughs> so that was like the funniest shit ever. Oh my God. We, we like, we came up with um, like Kung Fu Frisbee. You remember that? <laughs> so there was, there was a little fun po- uh, period towards the end where when they introduced uh, Rashad and Nicole and Race, they got to stay with us in the cast house for a little bit. And, uh, and we were so bored, and then we were just like made up these games where we'd throw a frisbee, and then we just like fucking like do a kung fu move and throw the frisbee. And it was like, wait, that's oh, and you remember drop it in my mouth? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, something happened with your mic. Hello. Oh, you sound like you're in a funnel now. Try talking. Hello. Hello. Oh no, why is it doing that? Did you touch a button? Yeah, well, I can hear you, but I guess, well, now it just sounds like you're on the telephone. Maybe, hopefully it'll fix itself. Hello. Um, I think, uh, uh, you don't remember, like, the, the, the supersonic ping pong balls to the back? 
Yeah. Maybe I should call you. Maybe we should call you back because this. Yeah, it's like, it's weird. Uh, oh wait. Okay. Let's let's do that. Yeah. All right. I'll call you right back. Hello. There we go. That's way better. All right. So ping pong balls. Yes. What? Remember the supersonic ping pong balls to the back? Yes. Throwing them at like lightning. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I actually forgot about that. Yeah. We're so bored <laughs> that uh, apparently it was just. Let's let's see. You stand there, and you just let somebody throw a ping pong ball at your back as hard as they can. <laughs> like everybody was on board too. Like we were so losing our fucking minds. They were like, "Yeah, sure, that sounds like a good idea." I don't know. Like, please get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> then we played. Uh, then we played. We played Scrabble, but we were making up words. That was probably oh, one yeah. of the funniest. The funniest games of Scrabble I have ever played in my life. Oh, that was Just great. making up work. Yeah, man, I forgot all about that. What, did we call it like? Didn't we come up with a name <sighs> for it too? Because we came up with a, a funny word and we're like, that's the name of the game. <laughs> hey, thanks for follow, Thatcher. <sighs> man. Um, but uh, yeah. And, oh, so I should explain what drop it in my mouth is because if we left that one hanging, it'd be like, uh, you guys are bored? Like, Wait, what was that part? <laughs> Can we roll back the tape a little bit? Did he say drop it in my mouth? <laughs> yes, I did, in fact. Um, so there was this balcony in the house, and uh, the idea is you lay on the floor, and then you just let uh, somebody drop popcorn or some kind of candy, and you try to catch it in your mouth. This is, this is what grown-ass adults do. <laughs> when when they are bored out of their minds, uh, oh, I think yeah. we got close to finishing a couple games of Monopoly. Which when the fuck yep. have you ever finished a game of Monopoly? <laughs> it's, never it's of. in my life have I ever finished Monopoly. Yeah, you just go <laughs> until like guys, guys. Okay, I don't care anymore. Here's my money. <laughs> <laughs> Can we do something else? This is starting to get boring. <laughs> That's why I never. Whenever people mention Monopoly now, I just leave. I'm. I don't even want to be a part of that. <laughs> I'd much rather lay on the sidewalk when it's raining. Zombie says this sounds like a four a.m. at every sleepover I've ever been to, and I, I can't. Yep. yep ex I think just hanging so, out with Rashad is like a four a.m. sleepover, like permanently <laughs> living that hour of the sleepover. <laughs> oh, man, me. I, I I don't know what it was like working with Sig for the first time. I didn't know who he was. He knew who I was, but I didn't know who Sig oh, was. That's so. right. Yeah, let's get the scoop on like what yeah. did, what was Rashad's first in. Uh, <laughs> I think I had the creature hat on too. You did. Yeah. Okay. I think I was more so. It was when they asked me to come back. I was really excited. I was like, hell yeah! I get to you know play around some more, and I just didn't know who they were going to pair me with. Um, and when I got paired with you, I was like, awesome. This guy looks like he's fun. And when I, I think <laughs> what excited me was your excitement for getting me. Okay. You were, you did like the whole, you did the, the yes. And I was like, okay, this guy, he, he knows like my, my work. And I think that's pretty precedes me. Hmm, I see. <laughs> so, uh, I think when we actually got to sit down and start sketching, that's when I got, you know, a little peek inside your head and like your mind and like what ideas you had and where we were coming from. And I think we spent, uh, yeah, cause we got introduced on the episode and then we went back to the, the Kaz house. So we got to hang out at the Kaz house and not talk about like the challenge 
um, because everybody was excited that everybody else was back race and uh, Nicole was back. And, you know, we we're kind of all talking about that and having fun with that. And then, uh, you know, you were like, after the day had settled down, you know, you, you put on like your director hat. You were like, yeah, OK, well, well um, OK, so now tomorrow <laughs> like, you got all the fun stuff out of the way that it was a director saying you were like tomorrow. Here's what I'm thinking. Um, uh, here's what I want to do. And then when we got to the actual challenge and, you know, you were like dividing what the work was going to be. I think we had a lot of fun. We did a lot of laughing and, you know, off time. But uh, pleasure first. Yeah, I think I made a really later. good. Yeah, that's how I, that's we, how I roll. And then every every meeting again after that, coming down like every time I go down to Monster Palooza. For those of you who don't know, I stay at Six House because yeah. we just have a blast. Like like he said, our face it just my. I think our cheeks are just two sizes bigger grinch, grinch cheeks we broke the fucking frame it's like we like curling up that's what my face feels like every time i see you we just we just come up with the sometimes it's the stupidest thing or you know we, we just we uh well, just let, go let, back down memory yeah let's I'll, we'll wrap up face off and then we'll move on to like post face off um but okay. yeah, like working with you, like I was so stoked. And like, I remember, cause at the time, like I couldn't draw very well. <laughs> like I've since practiced <laughs> and like, I had this like chicken scratch and Michael Westmore comes in and is like, so what's your idea? And I'm like, I look at my sketch and then I look at your fucking like fully rendered full color, like rendering of the thing. And I'm like, shit, he's so much better at drawing than me. And it's, it's good too, but it's supposed to be my idea. But, uh, and then I just like, I don't even show him mine. I just show him your idea. And I'm like, <laughs> and you know, the thing is, I look back on this all the time is that you were totally right. We should have went creaturey with the guy. I love what we did. Here's the thing. Like, I love what we did and I wouldn't change a thing, but you were totally right. Should have went creaturey with the guy. <clears throat> My thought was like, we'll show a creature and then we'll show realistic practical effects because those are actually really hard to do in real life as well. And I thought we'd show oh, yeah. like, you know, both things. But face off, it's all about flashy, big, crazy, you know, you gotta swing mm-hmm. the fences on it. But I love what we yeah. did and I love the designs. Um but yeah. They were was, awesome. I yeah, we should have pushed that guy into a creature. So you were right. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. You heard him say it, people. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's it. That's all I have to hear. But Guys, see, I'm heading out. <laughs> After all these years, that's all you wanted to hear me you say. <laughs> um, and then you that's just so hang up and never talk to me ever again. I'm like, wait, Rashad. Rashad, hello? But I'm glad I didn't listen because that means I got to go back to the All-Star season and got to do it all over again. Yes, which, you did. Yeah. Yes, you did. And I learned a lot. That must from, have been. Uh, yeah, that was. Well, they the funny thing is they contacted me two more times after season seven about coming back, potentially coming back. Mm. And I remember one of the last because I think they wanted to do like the all like an all stars or like a, a, a champions or whatever they called it. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting that phone call from John the last time. And he was like, hey, he goes, we're thinking about doing uh another season would you be willing to come back and i was like john you know my answer i was like you don't even have to call me just let me know when i need to be 
He's just standing there with a the suitcase, just, uh-huh. I've been waiting. <laughs> You've just been staring no. at the wall for, like, until that call. <laughs> It's like a dog waiting for their owner to come home, just sitting in front of the door right. with my face. But uh, <laughs> just pick up the phone. <laughs> you son of a bitch, I'm in. Hang up there. <laughs> I haven't heard from you for 10 years. I'm in. You have a be- like a beard. It's giant, like, beard. It's a long beard. Yeah. I've got flies on my head. Oh. <laughs> But uh, he said uh, he was like, yeah. He goes, he goes. I knew you'd say that. He goes, but a, but a lot of the other people that I'm contacting, they're like, I guess all the other champions were saying no. Why, wow, dude? <laughs> if they would call me, I would have been like, fuck yeah, dude, let's do it. I don't, I don't know why. I was like, I, I was like, just, and I think it's a lot of of the other face-off champions. Just, I think it's they felt like, as far as like the pay was concerned, I don't think it was enough. Yeah. To get them to stop whatever they were doing sure. to go back to face off, which yeah. I get, I, you know, you got bills and you got to pay them. But I was like, I will go back any time of day. They want to bring me back. And then um, game face was really fun, too. Then we got to hang oh, out. That's at, right. Uh, we did get to get, yeah. Game face. Yeah. Yes, we did. I've yes, the, we did. The first to go, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh. Yeah, that's why I don't remember that uh, that thing that happened. <laughs> there for an hour. Uh, it's like, hey, see ya. <laughs> but, but but at least you lived in L.A. You lived that's in true. L.A., so that's you true. probably just drove back home. I did, or... actually. I, I <laughs> so went what... to the hotel and I drove home. That was, that was the end of that. <laughs> I really wanted to get to the end with you. Ah, that would have been so much fun. But you know, I wanted to get to the, the end, cards. Too, but I didn't get to the end because they they thought my makeup was uh, that was actually one of my out of a lot of the makeups that I did. That gen makeup that I did was like my favorite. I love everything about that makeup. Yeah, like I remember really liking it too. Like, I, I forget what it looks like now, but I remembered liking it. And I was like, man, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand how you didn't move forward. But <laughs> <laughs> we could sit here and. Pick apart a lot of things. That's true, but uh, uh, you know, or we could uh, again look at it positive. You gotta follow my own advice, you know. And it's true, like it's it's <laughs> you're laughing at me. It's it's tough sometimes, man. Like, and that's something like I want to. Yeah, we could cover it. So, all right, we're gonna jump into the fun, all of our hangouts, crazy party stories in a second. But I want to talk about something that like kind of doesn't really get mentioned, and I didn't even realize it happened to me, but. After, uh, actually, even after I won, I came back uh, and I kind of had like uh, some PTSD from the whole experience. Um, d- you know, it was just like something about being secluded for that long with no access to your family, and then the ups, the emotional ups and downs that you go through during the show, mm-hmm. uh, sort of just like manifested in in ways in me that I didn't realize that I started drinking heavily after season, like even the season that I won is weird. I started like spiraling. I don't know. It just kind of it threw me off mentally. Um, but did you have any, even though you won, did you have any, like, was it weird to reacclimate or did you have any like sort of PTSD that stemmed from that you, that you can recall? No, I didn't have PTSD. What I did have was like a, since they had us on such a rigorous schedule, I had that yearning to want to do stuff. Like I, I, you know, you come back home and there wasn't that call for work. 
Uh-huh. No, there wasn't that. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's do it. And, and I still had that. And I still had that want. So I turned like the first house that we moved into, we had like a little section that was, uh, we weren't going to do anything with it. So I kind of turned that into like a little mini studio. I remember buying like the first table, getting two boxes of wet clay and just like the f- going to town on this predator that I wanted to do because I, I needed that artistic outlet that I didn't have before, you know, before face off, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that was probably the extent for me. It was yeah. like, what am I going to do now? Like, yeah. what am I going to do now? Yeah. I gotta make some shit. It's it's a real like abrupt change in pace, man. Because it's like we're doing this. Like if you guys don't know, every three days basically is a challenge. So every episode that yeah. you see, and then maybe you'll get a break in between, or maybe you'll go right to the next one. So it's like three months of this brutal schedule of back to back. It's like ju- mm-hmm. like you're getting juiced creatively. You're getting stressed out. Like all of this. Like and then you're like have euphoric moments. It's like just this crazy roller coaster, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden it's over. And you're like back in the real world and you're like, fuck, what do we like? They actually have like a therapist follow up with you uh, afterwards to check uh, in on you because like it's it is like a crazy uh, emotional, weird experience. But after the show, every time we see each other, it's a fucking hoot, man. Like, uh, yeah, he comes to he stays with us from Monster Palooza. Do you remember that night that you. Uh, these are back in like heavy party days. Uh, there was there was epic face off parties of, of like the group coming together there was a night that uh i you like wrote out this whole plan on this marker board and you don't even remember what it was it was like it was like johnny at the docks at midnight the white follow the white rabbit and there's all these numbers and like i took a picture of it too actually i like maybe i'll like when i re-edit this episode i'll put it right here so you can see this like strange plan that you laid out <laughs> I do not remember writing that. I do remember you telling and sending me a picture of it and us just like cracking up at it because even when I went to your house, the last monster Palooza, uh, he still had it. It's still up on the board. So <laughs> I went there and I'm staring at it and I don't know what, I don't even remember writing any of that stuff. Yeah. I must've, I must've been on it, man. I must've been, uh, I, <laughs> but, <laughs> My detective side came out. I was trying to figure something out. Um, so Gillimax says, so the impression is that once you win, the offers come flooding in for jobs. Did that, how did that, uh, any, anything for you? I, I do say that I've gotten more work because of people seeing what I did on Face Off. Yeah. But as far as like job placement, no. Uh, it's pretty much like... Uh, I don't want to say wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, but, you know, once you're done with the show, that's pretty much it. Yep, you know, man. you're just back to, back to your life and, you know, yeah. back to what you were doing before Face Off. And it's really, it's up to you to run with the clout that you generate from the show. Uh, oh, yeah. like, that's, I, my main goal on going on the show was to bring attention to what I was already doing. So I try, I had a plan yep. afterwards. I was going to keep, keep trying to stay in the public eye and keep using that clout as a springboard. And yeah, so I got a lot of convention offers and for a while I, you know, uh, did conventions yep. and stuff, but the, the special effects industry actually kind of frowns on face off, like the actual, like Hollywood industry, uh, because it just, it creates unrealistic timelines, which I understand it does. Um, but, and then I guess that, you know, some people come off the face off show and they think they know everything. And I guess there's been yep. some people that try to get work and they, don't really know what they're doing and things like that. So it did, there was like some weird stigma that got created about it. But, you know, 
like all in all yeah. it is what it is you know it's now people know uh, they actually know what special effects artists do you know that was never <clears throat> a thing before yep and that's why I, was, I tell people all the time i love face off definitely put my name out there and got people to see what i was like six at already doing um and it generated uh, a love for or an interest in people either wanting to do it now because, you know, you inspired somebody to want to do what you did or it got somebody saying they wanted to own something that you created with your hands. Um, and like I said, Face Off is one of those things where I've gotten a lot of work in the past where people are like, hey, man, we saw what you did on Face Off. Would you be interested in making a monster for us? Mm-hmm. And the answer was always Fuck yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, not even a yes. It's a fuck yes. <laughs> it was a fuck yes. If we're making Please. monsters, we're happy. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, oh, man, can you think of any specific, instant, ridiculous post face off party stories? Oh, several. <laughs> so, They're all a blur for me. A drunken blur. <laughs> so, I don't remember this happening, but I do remember the questioning afterwards. Um, somebody. At one of these crazy parties, tried to make a Molotov cocktail in one of six bathrooms. (laughs) Now, I can understand prior to this, I had like jumped over their pool, uh, you know, did a lot of silly things around the house. So I can understand why I was the prime suspect. But (laughs) it was like a beer can with like, I don't know what was sticking out of it. Well, there. yeah, it was a beer bottle, and, and there was nothing in it, and it was just a paper towel that was obviously lit on fire, but there was no liquid in yeah. it. So it's like, I don't know if someone was like, have you guys ever seen what a Molotov cocktail looks like? Like, you know, like I don't know what. And I, but, and, and, and I remember, I remember, it's always a weird thing when you have to go dad mode with somebody I, I know i get weird so i i felt sig's like whole demeanor change because he was trying to go more he was trying our relationship is purely love and comical but he had to go like almost dad mode and get serious because that's a serious thing like you're trying to light my fucking house on fire <laughs> i remember the conversation and he's like hey uh <laughs> A Molotov cocktail in our bathroom, and I was like, "What?" And he, he touched it. It was like still on the window seal of the bathroom. He's like, "Yeah." Like, it, the whole situation felt like you were my teenage son, and I felt I found weed in a tube sock in your room, and I'm just like, "Shad, uh, come here, because we gotta we gotta talk about this, buddy." <laughs> Oh my God! There's the there was this time where one of the most recent times you came out, maybe the last time, we filmed an entire trailer for a fake movie, and I don't remember any of it. <laughs> I still have all the footage. I got to put it together. You actually, if you guys watch my Twitch stream, it's uh, you see the the scene where I, where I got the Dallas and Rodeo where we have where the pop guns like that was a scene from that. And I fucking I don't remember any of that at all. <laughs> so I my favorite scene of of it all is Sig's in the car and he pulls up in front of his house and slams on the brake <laughs> and I'm running across the street with a gun and I jump and slide across the hood 
But when it goes to like inside the, the, the car and it shows me sliding across the hood, all of a sudden I've got like a beer in my hand and I'm like sipping this beer as I'm sliding across. And we, oh man, it was probably one of the silliest things we've ever filmed. And I'm still waiting for him to edit the footage together. Yeah, well, this is my week. This is my call to do it. So if you guys are watching on the YouTube, if you're listening to the podcast version, you can check out this video on the YouTube, youtube.com slash Rancig. And uh, I would just have edited that footage over us describing it because, uh, and then we had Ranny playing prof- uh, Commissioner Plum. She was like the, she was the fucking, uh, like, something about like, I put, go ahead. I put a B in it. Oh yeah, Plumb. Commissioner Plum, and she had this like curly wig and a mustache, and then she's like, she was like the gruff chief of police. Oh goodness, I can't wait. Grab life but, by uh, Plum. We've got so we've got so many good memories and so much fun. I remember the first time. I remember the very first. Wait, was it the first one? Which ones did the cops come over and shut down because oh, of your that next was door? Probably name? the very first like crazy, yeah, face-off party. So, out of everybody, who is that? Elijah, is that you making that noise? <laughs> My son is in the swing over there. But um, out of everybody at the party, they they came up to me and they're like, "Hey, man, what you doing here?" I was like, <laughs> "I'm enjoying the party." And I'm <laughs> pretty sure that, that people were naked and in the pool, and I <laughs> I was in my underwear. <laughs> oh man so then i think it probably i don't know if it was that time or another time but i fell asleep on your couch the white leather one that you have and somebody drew something on my face i can't remember what it was somebody drew something with permanent marker on my face and then they've got a picture of it good time (laughs) good time oh man yeah that was some good times um so what have you been doing post face off then? So I've been working on uh, I got to do I think my first big thing that I was like, hell yeah, was I got to do a werewolf. I had to do a full werewolf in 10 days. Um, you know what it's like. Yeah. Uh, werewolf. Uh, out of all th- the creatures that you want to do, a werewolf is not one that you want to do in 10 days. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, they're tough. So I, I got to do a werewolf for a music video. It's called Get Some by Ghosted. And that was actually a lot of fun. Just being able to, I was like, out of all the creatures that I love, I got to do like a full werewolf for this thing. And that turned out to be awesome. And then uh, those same people just kind of kept contacting me to make the things. Um, so since then, I've got to make like. Uh, uh, a seven foot seven, seven foot seven inch tall uh, dolphin man uh, suit, a creature suit. I worked on an independent Batman film where I got to um, do a, a Joker prosthetic, a Two Face prosthetic. I got to make uh, Nightmare Batman. Like there's been like these smaller projects uh, that came along, uh, but I'm like really into the replica world now because that's what's been keeping the lights on yeah uh, the movie is awesome but the replica world if i found that if you can get into that it's been very very lucrative nice. um and where can you get and, where can people pick up your replicas at well i've got an etsy page oh. uh if you 
if you go to either my Facebook or my Instagram, it's probably reverse for you. No, but, it's, uh, it's I just think it's the right way. Yeah. Oh, it's correct. Oh, yeah. it's reverse for me. Uh, you just go to Rashad Santiago Facebook, Instagram, and I have my Etsy link on, link on both of them. Or if you want to order something custom, like people do all the time, you can do that as well. Um, but I got to uh, direct my first feature film back in 2016. Yeah. Um, entitled Beast of the Water. Uh, it's on Hulu, streaming on oh, wait, it's Amazon. Out yeah, it's Where out. It's on Hulu and Amazon. Holy shit. Yeah, you could watch oh. it. Right now, Beast of the Water. Wait, was it called something else when you showed it to me? Enuati. It was okay. Enuati when I first started. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then when we went with the uh, distribution company, they were like, let's call it Beast of the Water because alphabetically, B is going to come before the E in Enuati. So I was like, "What? call it whatever you want, just as long as it's out there. So Beast <laughs> of the Water, you said? Beast of the Water, yes, and sir. And it is on so, Hulu? It's on Hulu. You can watch it. Right now on Hulu, it's streaming on uh, uh, Amazon, and um, you can find it on uh, the Target website um, and Redbox. One second. Yeah, no worries. Uh, Yeah, I recommend it uh, to everybody. It has a really fun uh, predator feel to it, you know, like badasses in a jungle. Oh, goodness. Oh, so tiny. You want to be a part of the podcast? Oh, my gosh. Too much. Oh, so <laughs> the cute. The dwarf is too much. Yeah, this little junior, he was over there whining. You smell good. You smell good. <laughs> oh, uh, so yeah. if you guys are watching on the Facebook right now, Rick Prince is up in the uh, thing, and he just posted the link. Thanks, Rick. What's up, buddy? Rick, Rick. Yeah, so Rick actually helped me uh, because I had did a Kickstarter for Enuati, and that, that didn't go through. And uh, Rick contacted me. He was like, hey, man, uh, he was working with some uh, uh, these wonderful people, Pam and Foster, um, who had the financial backing and they were helping him with his movie. And uh, he was like, hey, if you want to wait a year until mine is done, I can introduce you to them. And you basically have to pitch your story. And if they like it, they'll help you make it. And um, that'd be good. (laughs) So... uh, (laughs) I don't understand why it's like such a, a hard concept to understand that like no playing in the kitchen when I'm in here. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's, it's so simple. But he was like, he did it twice before, and then now he's like, well, I could do it again because I got away with it. Um, <laughs> it's got Molotov so, cocktails in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah, uh, we took about six months. Um, after that initial meeting to get a script and get it uh, finalized and um, actually get to filming. I think my favorite part was actually watching the monster come to life because I came up with the idea of the Enuati back when I was like 18. So it took about 12 years. Yeah, it took 12 years from start when I first came up with the concept to actually get to the point where I was actually making it and then seeing the monster come to life on this huge seven foot, seven tall actor, uh, David Gilchrist was amazing. It was probably one of the best feelings ever. And then to be on set and to see it like in the rain and tearing people's arms off is it, it it a great feeling. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I got in the business. And I, I think that that's where 
I've always wanted to be was watching these movies as a kid and saying like, man, I want to make something like that. Or I, th- I believe that I can do something like that. And then actually getting to do it. It's like, I was like, I'm, I'm on cloud nine. Like, yeah, the only thing I got, the only thing left to do now, I think is to meet Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> and to, 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 even if I get to put like two little scales on the foot of a dinosaur, that's going to be in a Jurassic park movie. <laughs> I'm happy. Nice. That's it. That's those, those are the two things that are left. And, and Rick commented, uh, "Pay it forward," and that's that's the important point. Is that because, like we said earlier, it's like you got to follow your dreams. And when you when you uh, when you follow that, and like I said, you attract the people uh, and events that can make that happen for you. And as artists, oh, yeah. and uh, it's all like you know, Rick offered the, the solution to helping you get something made. And as as artists, we got to come together and we got to help each other get these things made. Because mm-hmm. if you're an artist and you you just want to create something, like you know, none of us like really focus. None of us really want money. We want what money represents, and it's freedom. And we want the freedom oh, yeah. to do what we what we want and create so if you in within your little artistic circles and stuff always look for ways to collaborate and help other artists because like it's it's really important that we all come together as creatives to to create yeah that was one of the biggest things for me coming up wanting to do this is i didn't have anybody to reach out to to question or at least i didn't know anybody who i could reach out to and question so i had to learn a lot of this stuff on my own, basically watching the behind the scenes features for movies and writing down little notes and just trying to absorb as much as I could from what the actual artists were saying themselves. But now we live in a world where everything is accessible. Everyone is accessible where you could just send a message or comment on a video and ask, Hey, and YouTube, they've got everything on YouTube, the do it yourself videos of how to do things. And Mm -hmm there's so much information out there and i get people to at telling me all the time they they're like we didn't think that you would be this helpful as far as like giving out information because that's how you know in generations past that's how things get done you know you tell a story to preserve its to preserve the culture and then us as an artist culture, that's what we have to do. We have to pass along this information to make sure that it gets preserved and 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 the information that we know makes it to the next generation. So yeah, absolutely. A, and so absolutely. to uh, to add to that, so now's a good time to if you're watching on the Facebook, or if you're watching on Twitch, uh, ask us some questions. Anything you ever wanted to ask Rashad? Anything you ever wanted to ask me? Anything you wanted to ask both of us? Uh, go ahead and shoot. We'll do a little. We'll round this episode out with a little Q and A. Uh, but we can keep talking about, we can keep talking until the questions come in, but, um, yeah, it's, that's the thing. It's like, people are like, Oh, aren't you scared that people are going to steal your ideas and stuff? And it's like, you know, like style is something that, that can't be like learned or imitated. Like I have my style and the techniques I am more than happy to share and spread knowledge to inspire others to create, because that's all I really want is for this world to just be magical and for people to be inspired and to, for people to do what they love, you know? So, you know, we're always, I think most artists that you find are, are apt to help in any ways they can and share mm-hmm. tips and, you know, cause it's tough. It's, oh, yeah. a, it's a hard, it's a hard path to take, but uh, you know, I can't imagine myself doing anything else. Oh yeah. It's, it's, 
there's there are times that I tell people all the time, don't don't in my own words, don't get it twisted. Um, there are days where I don't even want to look at clay or a pencil or my shop and I'll take three days off to just recoup because for something that you are doing every day, every single day, there are times when you have to put the pencil down and kind of regain that creativity and get those juices flowing because like Sig said, we're, we're doing it every day. And as, as you know, being people who are self-employed, we, there, that check at the end of the week is not guaranteed. So you have to work sometimes twice, three times harder to make sure that you're you're got all your avenues covered and you know you are going to be able to keep the lights on this month or whatever the case may be. But there's times when I don't even I don't even want to see anything that has to do with art because sometimes it's I get frustrated, especially when you're this close to whatever you're working on all the time. It's like sometimes you gotta take a step back and relax from it. Um Yeah. I know I know my brain now doesn't work how my younger brain works or worked and it's so weird there's times when i have to make something and my younger brain would have been like okay i could take that these three things put it together but now that i've used the products that make our jobs easier for so long to go back to like my fabricating brain it, sometimes it doesn't work and i'm like how the hell did i do how the hell did i do that when i was like years old it's so weird yeah yeah, it's uh, the an interesting problem we run into as artists too is we're making our passion a job, and sometimes you can your passion can feel like a job, and mm -hmm. even though you're getting to do what you love to pay the bills, it sort of puts you in a strange position sometimes of losing your passion for your passion, you know, yep. and you always have to. That's why you have to like decompress and take breaks and. Uh, Gilmax asks, when you step away, what do you do to decompress? How do you uh, recharge your batteries? Uh, do you just chew on batteries? You know? <laughs> I sell some Duracells. <laughs> no, I, um, I actually have, um, for those of you who know me, uh, I do several other things. So music is actually uh, something that I love. I play the piano. Um, I have Fruity Loops, which is a music making software, which uh, music sometimes is my escape. I love fishing. Um, I spend I have like my own fishing Instagram that I post all my fishing stuff on. So fishing is definitely a way for me to like uh, throughout the summer last year, I was waking up early, putting the kids on the bus. As soon as the kids were on the bus, I was shooting out to the water. And I would fish for like two hours and then I would go to work. And that was like the most, uh, I don't know, I, I want to say that was probably the best time for me because I was able to do two things that I loved the most that had nothing to do with each other in the same day. Mm -hmm. And fishing just kind of helped. If I didn't fish before I went to work, then I was thinking about fishing and it wasn't working for me. Yeah. So fishing before I went to work, got fishing out of the way, but then it also put me in a good mindset to want to go to work and get everything that I had done. So um, fishing, music, um, and just relaxing, just being at home, relaxing uh, with the family, watching movies and being lazy. Like, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> People underestimate the power of being lazy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an ebb and a flow. And I'll throw it out again. If anybody else has any questions, we're doing like the AMA to end up here. So uh, ask away if you got something. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, and, and fishing too, it puts you out in the element of nature. And I'm I'm fine this year I'm Wait. realizing how important that is to spend some time in nature, mm-hmm. uh, recharge. Like you're around the water, you know, you're interacting mm-hmm. with the the wildlife. Um, it's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. That's where most of my inspiration comes from. Definitely. Yeah, it's almost like a meditative uh, thing. Fishing, I can imagine. Oh, yeah. Um, Very so therapeutic. Megan asked, have uh, we worked together yet on anything, big or movies, etc.? cetera? Uh, well, I mean, you could say that we uh, made a movie trailer that we don't remember making. <laughs> At least I don't remember making. <laughs> There's so much footage that I'm like, oh, my God. And, like, uh, like we, we just came up with a script, like, as we were shooting it. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, we kept coming up with scenes like on the fly, like uh, the 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 showing up at Rodeo's house and he's just like so many beer cans and things leading up to him and, and, and just silly stuff. And I think that if we lived, if me and Sid lived closer together, we would have like movies. Uh, we would come up with like different creatures. We would have like probably the most content that anybody has ever had ever because of how our minds work and how our brains work and all the stuff that we're always doing. Oh, you, you, you get it? Yeah. You get, oh, okay. you get it. You gotta get rolling. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, that was good. I mean, that was a perfect uh, way to wrap it up. So let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, I think Rick is hanging on angling. Is that your YouTube channel for fishing? Yes. Cool. And yep. then, uh, it's my YouTube is my YouTube and my Instagram one. It's just at hanging on anyway. Cool. And then where can everybody find you online and all that stuff? You want to find me on Facebook? Again, it's just at Rashad Santiago. Um, it's R-A-S-H-A-A-D Santiago, S-A-N-T-I-A-G-O. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, I think I have an Imgur. You just put Rashad Santiago on Google and all my stuff will come up. Cool. Um, and uh, yeah. And if you're looking for any custom-made uh, props or anything, or uh, hit them up, replica, yes. anything. You do creatures and <laughs> props, right? Anything. Uh, anything you want. Just let me know, and I'll make it. Awesome. Well, dude, thanks so much for joining. This was really fun. And I feel like we barely scratched the surface of just the hilarity. So oh. I'll have to have you back, and we can tell. Like, we have stories for days, man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> days. Just yeah. let me know uh, when you want to do it again. We can hop on whatever your next free day is. Right on. Cool. Well, if you got a roll, I'll let you uh, get out of here, and then I'll do the closeout on on the show. So awesome, bro! Right on. Well, thanks so much, dude. (laughs) I look forward to the next one. Yep. All right. Catch you later. Peace. Peace. Oh, now I'll do this. There we go. So, um, yeah. Well, thanks, guys, so much for uh, this. Was the first time I recorded a live episode of Sputron. And if you want to check me out on uh, twitch.tv slash signutron, uh, I stream throughout the week art stuff. And then on Sundays, I do uh, guided meditation streams and just discuss philosophy and life and stuff in a reverentism, the, the, um, uh, the philosophy that I'm starting, where it inspires individuality by embracing unity. Um, I don't think he has a Twitch. I tried to get him on Twitch, but he's not into it. Or um, maybe he's into it. He just hasn't... Uh, got set up for it yet um but uh yeah thanks so much for joining us guys and uh this if you're listening to the podcast and you want to see the video live just go to youtube.com slash rancig 
and you can see our beautiful faces and all the smiles uh, that took place. And uh, I'll try to put some of those clips of the ridiculous footage that I have of us. Um, but uh, awesome. Yeah, uh, I think that's about it. If you guys want to support our ridiculous endeavors, Randy and I, uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Ransig. Gets you exclusive access to all kinds of ridiculous content. And I'm actually working on some docuseries shows uh, that's going to be up pretty soon. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. And uh, also check out my podcast, Spewtron, available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean. Um, but uh, yeah, well, thank you guys so much. That was a lot of fun. And uh, I'll catch you guys. I stream throughout the week from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Pacific time on twitch.tv slash Signutron. And Sundays, we do the guided meditation thing at noon Pacific time. So you guys are all awesome. And I wish you all the most radical of radical days. So have a great weekend. Oh, because it's, yeah, it's a weekend. All right. Party. Party time. Excellent. <laughs> all right. Later, everybody.